Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, October 12th, the Help, My Niece Might Be a Racist edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's 10 and we live in LA. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another podcast. It's called The Best Advice Show, and I'm dad to Noah, who's six, and Ami, who's three. We live in Detroit. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's nine, and Teddy, who's seven. We live in Tokyo, Japan. Today on the show, we have an interesting question from a listener who discovered that their niece doesn't believe racism exists. The niece lives in Europe. Our listener lives in the U.S. and wants to help educate this 13-year-old. We're also going to catch up on our week in parenting, and then, if you're in the Slate Plus Club, we're going to be playing a game based off Arnold Schwarzenegger's weird parenting tactics. Here's what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. Okay, once Arnold Schwarzenegger threw his daughter's shoes into the fireplace and burned them after she failed several times to put the shoes away properly. You didn't put them away properly. Are we burning shoes? No. Shoes are too expensive to burn. Who, I mean, are your, my kid's shoes are so expensive. Shoes are expensive. We're not even buying nice shoes. No. Arnold, Why are you, kids you've shoes overstepped. So I don't have the money to burn their shoes. No. By becoming a Slate Plus member, you'll enjoy a weekly bonus segment and all your beloved Slate podcasts without any advertisements. It's the ultimate way to enhance your listening experience while also providing vital support to the show. You can join Slate Plus today by visiting slate.com slash momanddadplus. All right, we're going to jump into triumphs and fails as soon as we get back from this short break. We're back. Elizabeth, what have you been up to this week? All right, so last week, Teddy celebrated his seventh birthday. Yay, I have my youngest is seven. I don't even know how that happened. But uh, as we often do, we decided to kind of go with some experiences instead of a big party. So we sort of asked Teddy what he wanted. And like he says many years, he says that he wanted a dog. And so uh, here in Tokyo, you can actually rent a dog for a day. So that is what we did. We... um, we're unable to make any of the arrangements over the phone. So so Jeff and I went while the kids were in school to this place, had this whole conversation using Google Translate, which is what we kind of do here, a lot of pointing. We left and we were like, okay, I think we've rented a dog. This will be fine. So Saturday comes. We The plan is like, we're going to show up at this place. We're going to receive our dog. There's a nearby big park. This park is kind of known in Japan where you can actually play on the grass um, because in many parks here you cannot. So we're going to like take the dog to this park and play. Well, we show up, we go upstairs, we check in. You come downstairs and you have to wait by this door. We're waiting by this door. And out come two dogs, a big golden retriever and a tiny little feisty dog and hooked to the dogs are two leashes each. So we have um, two dogs, four leashes, and we're not sure how long And we kind of take these dogs into the park. Uh, Teddy had the time of his life. There are not Did really... Did they tell you anything? Did they say like... Nope. Just take these I dogs? Mean, don't... That we know. I should always say like, right. I'm sure they told us all the things right. we were supposed to know. <laughs> I had sort of joked with a friend 
maybe we rented two dogs because they kept saying um, something about a friend. Uh, Teddy really wanted a golden retriever, which there are not really big dogs here. Most people have very small dogs. And in fact, they treat their dogs like children. They have strollers for them and they wear them in baby carriers. And it's kind of a big um, thing here. They're the, the Japanese are kind of having less children, but are very into these small dogs. But the whole time we were standing there, they kept telling us about a friend. We like sort of thought maybe it was because we had so many kids because they, you know, you have to tell them like how many people No, apparently this whole time they were telling us that this golden retriever has to go with this very feisty little dog friend. Um, Teddy had the time of his life and everybody in the park wants to pet these dogs. I uh, was very concerned that maybe we had somehow adopted the dogs. (laughs) And they did. They gave us like a little bag full of treats and stuff. We played in the park for about an hour. And as we are like, okay, it's time to like head back. The big dog lays down and shuts its eyes. (laughs) It's like just exhausted. And we're like, oh my gosh, are we going to have to like carry this dog back because we only had them for an hour you know like how are we supposed to get this dog back to the to the place um of return but we we did the big dog follows the little dog i think that's why has a friend so once we got the little dog going the the big dog went to went along for the ride teddy had the best day of his life he is like uh, every you know now it's like what should we do today we should rent a dog (laughs) (laughs) what do they charge for a double dog rental it's like under a hundred dollars to rent to rent the dogs, uh-huh. is what I'll say. Things there, there's a lot of things here that are very reasonable, um, and a lot of things like this because they live in such small houses. There's a lot of these experiences. Like I think that's why right. cat cafes and animal cafes have taken off here because there's not space, so people go spend their living space time like where you'd be hanging out in the house at these cafes. But we it must chose. be fun for the dogs. I mean, there's excitement for these dogs every day. It's not like an owner who's like kind of, all right, uh, another day with the dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's just a Tuesday. Tuesdays we, are fun for these dogs. I just hope no one had to rent the dog after us. <laughs> uh, it seems like we exhausted this dog. That's but I so agree. Cute. I mean, the dogs are so, the good news is like they are so friendly. We had all these people in the park coming up and they were completely unfazed. Sounds like a good time. All right, what's going on with you, Zach? Uh, I mean, since Saturday, we've just been kind of glued to Twitter and the news uh, coming out of Israel-Palestine. And I wouldn't say I've been neglecting our kids, but it's been kind of taking up a lot of our, you know, emotional and mental space, just trying to figure out what's going on there. Um and, you know, this is something we talk about a lot on the show. Like, it's never too early to, like, have tough conversations with your kids. But I haven't been able to bring myself to to talk about uh, what's what's happening with Noah. Like, she heard one of us say, like, the word kidnap yesterday because um, people were, Israelis were kidnapped by, by Hamas and, and taken back into Gaza. Um, and she asked, like, what's what's kidnap and she then got distracted so i didn't have to answer her but it's just like this is what this is a very heartbreaking moment for a ton of israelis and palestinians and yeah it's just like a certain part of me is like she's she's too young she doesn't need to to know um about what's happening 
but at the same time i do feel some somewhat of a responsibility to convey the basic facts undergirding this moment so we haven't been like secretly talking about it Shira and i but we also haven't kind of brought noah or ami into the conversation like noah's cousin is you know in the israeli army we have friends of friends who've been impacted directly so it's a very tender moment for for people with ties to to israel palestine and it's certainly not a triumph i don't know if it's a failure but it's a it's definitely a moment of just like deep kind of unknowing in terms of how to how to talk about this stuff if at all with the kids she's so emotionally intelligent like i wonder if she can feel kind of the shift yeah yeah i bet she can I bet she can. Yeah. It's hard though to know, like, like you said, how much to share. Uh, cause you don't want her to be scared. Right. Um, R- right. It's tough. Yeah. Have you thought about maybe saying there's some really bad stuff going on? Yeah. Like if she asks about it, I would, I would, and I will, um, and would, would say it in, in a way that I think would be, you know, hopefully not scary, but she, she hasn't yet asked. She often does. She, she's usually like, what are you guys talking about? But she, but she hasn't. So maybe she does have a, a sense that something is, is different. And maybe she, she's afraid to ask. I'm not sure. Maybe, so I don't know. This is making me think that maybe, maybe we should have more of an explicit conversation today. Sometimes there's no right answer. Yeah. Um, this feels yeah. like one of those moments. Yeah. What's going on with you, Jamila? Um, I have a triumph. Yes. Naima and I, um, we've had a hard time getting her to school on time this year. A big part of it is hair. Mm. Um, You know, like she does a lot to her hair and her skincare in the morning. You know, she does a full skincare routine and hair. As much as I try to hurry her up, we just never end up, you know, we're like constantly like 15 minutes late, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And which is late enough to get an email. It's so embarrassing. You know, every time I get the email, I'm like, oh God, I got the email again, you know? And so it's actually gotten to the point where Naima's going to be spending an extra day at her dad's house for the next few weeks. Like, just because they have an easier road with... Because we have some challenges in the morning, you know? Sometimes we... We've got some stuff, and so her dad was like, you know, it's really important that we get her to school on time, and it just seems like that happens easier in my house. Do you think that maybe, you know, she could do an extra day over here, and we'll just see? And so, like, reluctantly, you know, I agreed to that, so she's going to be with him tonight instead of me. Um, But these last two days, Naima has gotten up an hour early Mm. on her own, like, you know, her. she set an alarm, and she has gotten ready so early. Today, we were at school, because they're supposed to be there by, like, 8.20. And they have a pre, like, a before-school program that she signed up for, but, like, she doesn't usually go when she's in my house, because, like, when are we ever there before school, you know? Yeah. We were at school today at 7.30. Wow. 7.30. Nice. And the amazing part, well... What happened on uh, Monday is that I was able to, I got up, I made her breakfast, I made her lunch, and I laid back down while she continued to get ready, you know? So what I did is I set an alarm for like 20 minutes, you know? Like I lay down for 20 minutes and I go check on her and see like, is she dressed? Is she ready? You know, then I can lay down again, maybe for a few more minutes if, you know, all is going well. 
she has just been doing so well. Like, I didn't even have to lay back down. Just like, okay, we can just go. All right. Congrats. That's huge. Did you think, do you, do you sense that she's, she feels good about herself for this? this oh, yeah. Deal. She That's feels great. great. Like, she was, because, you know, because today she was like, she was putting her book bag on. I was like, it's 7.04, you know, because, like, we can leave the house at, like, 7.55 and still be on time. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, I want to go to Ready, Set, Go. That's the before school program. I was okay. like, all right, we can go to Ready, Set, Go. That's awesome. That is definitely, awesome. It's definitely so much e- a triumph. Yeah, and so much easier when it's their idea to get things moving. Totally. Mm-hmm. A good life lesson. Good job. Heck I hope yeah. it continues. I hope so, too. All right. Uh, well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. See you back here for our question. We're back. Let's hear today's question. Dear mom and dad, my 13-year-old niece visited me this summer from Europe and has, at best, questionable views on race. We are white. Her dad is American and her mom is Central European. She has lived her whole life in a European country that is 99% white. I would sum up her views as believing racism does not exist anymore. Anyone who has a harder time in society is because of personal choices. I recognize this is a racist point of view, but I think it comes from ignorance more than maliciousness. I know her mom has tried to talk to her about it, but she's at the age where whatever mom says is not worth listening to. Unfortunately, she probably formed this opinion from her dad. She really looks up to me, and I think I have an ability to impact her life, even though I don't see her in person that often. What age-appropriate things would you recommend I investigate with her to expose her to the reality of structural and general racism? especially in America. She just turned 13. She loves to read and is very smart, loves Lord of the Rings. We also just listened to a couple of podcasts while she was here, and she seemed to like that. But I think books are probably more her thing. Thanks. Limited time, lots of influence. All right, Zach, what do you think? Well, I know you don't see her much, but when she does come, I mean, America is such a good place to drive around and and learn about structural racism like i don't know how close you live to a city but um i imagine if you are in these united states you're not far from being able to do a pretty cool field trip where she can see how disparity looks in 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 our country so i mean so that's the first thing when she visits next like plan a cool field trip um but you've asked specifically for for books um so I've got a couple ideas. One of them is called um, Into the Streets, A Young Person's Visual History of Protest in the United States. And it's, uh, uh, I'm going to describe the, the summary of the book. It's a visual voyage of resistance through American history, where you can discover the artwork, music, fashion, and creativity of the activists, meet the leaders of the movements, and learn about the protests that helped shape the United States from all sides of the political spectrum. There is another book called Black Enough, Stories of Being Young and Black in America, and it's an anthology by YA authors, people like Jason Reynolds, you know, an amazing writer. Um, so, so you can get, you, you might gift her that for her next birthday or, you know, whatever gift holiday, Hanukkah, Christmas, you celebrate movies, Fruitvale Station. Like, uh, I was thinking about just like contemporary movies so, so she can like learn about somewhat, you know, current landscape of, of what's happening that's uh fruitvale station was ryan coogler's first movie about oscar grant who was killed by police in in the bay 
there's also the 13th, the Avery DuVernay documentary about the 13th amendment. I mean, there's, there's no shortage of, of really good books and, and movies. Um, and also just like conversations, like, you know, talking to her in ways that you're not, you're not telling her she's a racist, but like asking questions and asking how she, she arrived at, at ideas is of course a good way to have conversations with kids. Yeah. I think that's great advice. I was thinking that a child this age often, I think has a hard time with the information being presented in a way that's like, absorb this information, this is good for you. But if she likes to read, there are a whole host of books um, that sort of delve into these stories or the general idea of systematic racism or just exposing her to stories from other lives and things that are happening that are outside of her experience. And I would suggest that you read these along with her, like do kind of a book club, send it, you read it too, because I think that the discussions that can come from some of these books, I have a list of some of the ones we've read that are really great, but I also want to say that um, Blossom and Root, which is a curriculum company, their fifth grade language is about narrative voices and like different stories. And their list is excellent. So you can check that out. Some of these books are on there, but there's a whole bunch and it focuses on stories from a host of different backgrounds. We did this last year uh, with Henry as part of our homeschool. And what I think it gave him was this larger picture of what other people about his age have and are experiencing from all different parts. The stories do mainly focus on um, experiences in the United States, coming to the United States, being in the United States, but there are some from other places as well. Uh, I also really like a friend of the show, Amber, who runs the Heritage Mom blog, has some great curriculum packs as well. Um, and the, when I say curriculum packs, like one, you could just go and look at the literature list. But if you're looking for like questions or activities you could do with these aimed at kids that are, you know, 12, 13, 14, they have those as well. So they have those as well. So that might be something um, to invest in. But some of our favorite books on this topic um, that are not quite like on the nose, but are more going to talk about sort of the experience are um, the book Take Back the Block, which is about gentrification, uh, a book called Ghost Boys, where a black boy is killed by police officers and kind of the, the story um, of that. There's a book from the desk of Zoe Washington about um, the main character's father is in jail, and she's kind of trying to solve the case and see what's going on. Um, of course, there's the classic Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, which uh, to me was, I think, the first book I remember reading that sort of drove everything home in this very narrative way. Um, Roll of Thunder, moving. Roll of Thunder, Hear Roll My of Thunder, Cry. Hear my cry. Roll oh. of Thunder, Hear My Cry. I don't you know how there are books that like just stick with you as this moment in which your brain changed that this is one mm -hmm. of those um, for me. Uh, we also really like the book um, Front Desk by Kelly Yang. And in fact, Henry liked that one so much that he read the whole like trilogy on his own. 
If you want something more on the nose, we also really liked this book is Anti-Racist by Tiffany Jewell. And this there's a guided journal to go with this one. But this one is nice because it has like 50 activities you can complete, which if you think she might be into that, that's again, something you can do together, even if you're not like physically together. Most of the exercises are either reflecting on things in your community. I think that would be great because you're here in the States. She's in Europe being able to share some of that. Having lived in Europe, racism absolutely, obviously exists there as well. Um, Though I'm not sure exactly where she is. I could take some guesses, but it's not as, I think, in your face because the population is so white. Uh, But it might be a really good way to talk about like, hey, not only is this happening in America, like this is very much happening where you are as well. Oh, I also, I had two other quick things, which is do a virtual field trip. I don't know. My kids love these, but the... um, National Civil Rights Museum has great resources online, and a good place to start there is the Privilege Aptitude Test. Uh, You guys could take it together and discuss it. I think that's really great. But there's also, like, you can click through exhibitions and art and all kinds of cool stuff. Same goes for the National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. They have a wonderful online presence that is something you guys could be on Zoom or on the phone and, and doing together. I just think the more of this that can be, like, hey, this is a discussion and something fun that we're doing, but also learning and be open to hearing what she has to say might be a better way to expose her to things and correct some of these viewpoints than than sort of a lecture format of some kind. I don't know. Jamila, what do you think? It's great. I think these suggestions are all great. Those are great books and movies that I think will be helpful. I keep thinking the only book I want to add is, you know, for you to read How to Raise an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. So even though you're not raising her, you are, you know, an adult who wants to be a person of influence in her life. So I think it would be helpful to guide some of your conversations and prepare you for some of the questions she may ask and some of the, you know, blind spots that she has. I'm curious to know what you two are thinking about the parents. I think that's a good question. And I I do really think that the, I'm sure people are going to disagree, which is fine, but that the prevailing attitude in Europe is one of, this is something that happens in America. We kind of, we dealt with this and are above this, even though that is not true, because they are not faced with I, I, it's just like more a part of our history and something that we're talking about a lot, right? Like I, I, the bad news about what's going on in America is that we are taking some backtracking on this, but the good news is as a result, it is very in our face, right? Like what are we doing about curriculums? What are we doing about how we tell our story? Um, and I think in in Europe, it's less about that, even though I mean, you know, World War Two is a story of racism, like there. Uh, all of the immigration stuff happening in Europe right now is based in racism and being scared of people coming from Africa, from the Middle East into these communities. And how do they deal with that? Like these things are happening. I just think the the prevailing attitude there is sort of like, this isn't like America has this problem. We don't have this problem. All right. Well, limited time, lots of influence. Please give us an update. I'd love to hear how this turns out, what resonates with your niece and what doesn't. Thank you for writing in. And for fellow listeners, if you have a question of your own, please reach out. Email us at momanddadatslate.com or call 646-357-9318. Seriously, we need your questions. So send them on in. 
That is our show. Subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting was produced by Rosemary Belson and Mara Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is the VP of Slate Audio. For Elizabeth Newcamp and Zach Rosen, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thanks for listening.